Welcome to Creekside. We want to just welcome each other with joyful hearts tonight, so why don't you go ahead and greet one another.
Father, we just come here tonight to honor you, Lord, and to thank you for sending Jesus, our King and our Savior. And Lord, we just pray that you help us to set aside any distractions tonight and come to you with pure hearts, that we may hear your word tonight and sing these songs, and even if we've heard them a thousand times or the first time, that they would be new for us. Lord, I pray that you wouldn't let us leave this place without our hearts being moved by your great love for us. And we just honor you, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. You can have a seat. Thanks for being here. Everybody good? Yeah? I'm assuming some of you are good, some of you are not. But thanks for being here anyway. Um, it's not going to be lights, camera, action tonight. First of all, because we don't have that much money. Uh, second of all, that's just not what we want to be about. Um, we're glad that you're here. Believe again every time that you show up to church. God paved the way for you to be here. Um, for some people, coming to church at Christmas and Easter is the two times a year, right? And uh, sometimes I wish that was the way it had could be for me, but um, it's not um, because... I believe that Jesus gave us the church, and I believe that we need each other, um, and that we need to be loved by each other. We need to be in communion with each other. We need to be in community with each other. And so it's good for you to be here tonight. So really the purpose of you being here is to have a simple reminder before we go home and we do all the family stuff, we do all the, uh, the presents and all that stuff, and it's all good, right? But we need this because my humanity says I'll forget what Christmas is all about. My humanity, Satan is fighting against everything that we're about tonight. Do you get that? Satan doesn't want this to happen. This is a small group of people meeting in Des Moines. And I'm telling you, there are thousands of people around the city meeting tonight to be reminded of the birth of Jesus. Not just the birth of God, but the birth of our Savior. Remember that. Christmas is not just about Jesus being born. Christmas is about our Savior being born. There's two things, two words that come to mind um, at Christmas time, whether you're religious or not, you can drive around uh, enough, you go to the mall, wherever you go, you can see these two things, okay? You don't have to be a follower of Jesus to kind of associate Christmas with these two words. One is joy, and the other is peace. Joy and peace, even Miss America, peace for all the world, however they say, right? World peace. Joy and peace. Heather and I like to show Hawaii Five-0. anybody with us? No. <laughs> Maybe it's just because it's cold, cold. In, in, in the winter. It actually hasn't been that bad. Uh, but a, uh, an episode that we were recently watching, at the end of it, one of the characters, uh, they're all eating together, and one of the characters starts singing, Oh Holy Night, right? And I'm thinking, the first thing I think is like, what? Now I really love this show because I have an excuse to like it now. It's not like all worldly and everything. It's yet they're bringing Jesus into it. But they go from, oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining to dot, dot, dot. Everything else is left out. 
peace on earth, goodwill to men. I was like, all right, that ain't that cool. Because they left out everything that has to do with Jesus, right? But even for the world, joy, peace on earth, joy and peace are two of the words that we think about. The joy of family and gifts and time off of work, the peace of rest and letting the worries of life float to the background. I even told my assistant Kim this week, Kim, as soon as this service is over on Wednesday night, we can breathe, we can relax, we're good for like a week, right? Anyway, we look forward to this stuff. The dictionary says that the, de- the definition of joy, and I love this definition because it has nothing to do with happiness, okay? This definition has nothing to do with happiness. It says, a source or cause of keen pleasure or delight, something or someone greatly valued or appreciated. And the definition of peace is this, freedom of the mind from annoyance, distraction, anxiety, and obsession, tranquility, or serenity. These are things that everybody thinks about, everybody desires at Christmas time, especially for Jesus followers, right? Especially for Jesus followers. Christmas is supposed to have this feeling of joy and immense peace because our Savior is born. But here's the question. What about people who don't have a reason, an external reason because of what's going on in life? What about people who don't have a reason to be joyful at Christmas time? What about people who don't have a reason and they really inside do not have peace? I think one of the biggest reasons that joy and peace are two of those words that the whole, at least in America, we grip to is because that's what we want, right? We long for joy in our everyday life. We long for a little bit of peace, especially if you're a parent. Sorry, that was just a little two-second rant. I love my kids. You guys are awesome. Keep me alive, right? But let me say this. Jesus' birth as Emmanuel, God with us, changed the course of human history and for every single person on the planet, gave us one single reason that no matter what our circumstances no matter what's happened in the past, no matter what we're going through right now, and no matter what happens in the future, we can have a reason for pure joy, real joy, and real peace. So understanding that not everyone in the room today has an external reason in life to be joyful tonight, to celebrate. I mean, you see the word celebrate on the screen. You may not feel like you have a reason to celebrate, but I'm here to tell you that there is a deeper reason than your external circumstances to celebrate on Christmas Eve on Christmas. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make is joy and happiness end up being on the same playing field. They're not even in the same sport. Please do not equate joy 
with happiness. Because here's the difference. Happiness is dictated by our individual life circumstances. Like I could be happy today because of what happened today. I could have been mad yesterday because of what happened yesterday. And I could be happy again tomorrow because it's Christmas, right? Because I get to have a day off of work because of whatever my circumstances are. Happiness is always and only circumstantial, and it has to do with my mood and the way I feel at any certain given time. But joy is a state of being. Joy has to do with who I am at my core. Joy has to do with who I believe that I am. Because for a lot of us in the room, I think at Christmas time especially, there's a difference between what you actually are in Christ and what you believe that you are. Right? Because Satan doesn't want you to believe what Jesus has made you in the fact that Jesus came to earth as a baby to die for your salvation. Satan doesn't want you to know that. And Satan doesn't want you to feel the freedom that we really should feel at Christmas time deep down inside. Sometimes living a joy-filled life, life will lead us to moments of happiness. But everybody, anybody see the, the, the movie um, Pursuit of Happiness? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've seen it. Good. It's a great movie. Great movie. But at the end, I, I showed this clip here not too long ago. But at the end, he gets a job, right? He's been pursuing a job where he can be happy in the fact that he can provide now for his son, and he has a successful life. And he walks out onto the street, and in, I don't know what city he was in, I don't remember, but it was crowded streets, right? And he walks out onto the street, and he just starts clapping, right? He raises his hands above his above his head and he just starts clapping and in the background his voice is saying this this little part of my life this is what I call happiness right and that's what we think that we really want but happiness is fleeting and if that's all we're seeking then we're not going to have a joy filled life. But for everybody in the room, no matter what your circumstance is tonight, we are called to joy. True, deep-seated joy that has nothing to do with our circumstances. But we're called to joy. We're called to celebration for something that far surpasses our circumstances. So whatever emotions you have tonight, whatever you bring to this room, whether it's sadness, whether it's grief, whether it's happiness, whether it is joy, let those emotions happen. But what Jesus set us free to is transcends those circumstances. Right? You get what I'm saying? That there is a deeper reason to be joyful at Christmas time. I want you to look at the screen to these verses, Luke 1, 39 to 45. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country to a town in Judah, 
And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth was her cousin. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now the baby inside Elizabeth's stomach, inside her womb, was John the Baptist, okay, whom the Bible says was a messenger in the wilderness to what? Prepare the way for the Lord. Mike Johnson uh, sent me a sweet quote the other day about John the Baptist. He said this, the first person to recognize the Messiah without being told was an unborn child. John the Baptist. The first person to recognize the Messiah without being told was an unborn child. And how did that child respond? He leapt for joy before he even knew what joy was in this world. Before he could ever actually experience a circumstance in this life, he leapt for joy, which proves to us that joy is so much deeper than what's going on in your life right now. Joy is so much deeper than any human circumstance that we could face. Because a baby who had never experienced anything in life up to this point leapt for joy because he heard the Messiah's mother's voice. And for us, in Scripture, we've been told who the Messiah is. And through the Holy Spirit, our sin is revealed to us. And we know that we need a Savior from that sin. And so we have even more of a reason to leap for joy. I mean, imagine if we left this building tonight, if every person at a Christmas Eve service in Des Moines tonight left leaping for joy. The world would think we were nuts, right? That's not normal. But what is also not normal is when people can look at us from the outside and see circumstances that would make anyone in this world filled with grief. When they can look in and see us live in joy that is deep-seated beyond our circumstances. When people can see that, that's what blows people away, right? The fact that thousands of people in Des Moines tonight are at Christmas Eve services, nobody cares about that. Because half the people at Christmas Eve services tonight are here to make a check mark. So it's not a big deal. It's really not a big deal that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. God wants you here. But you get what I'm saying? Like, if we are not joyful about the birth of our Savior... It doesn't matter, right? So joy is amazing. Whew. 
One of the most incredible things to me is uh, my cousin passed away just under a year ago now. But my cousin's widow today posted an article on Facebook um, that said, all, the words of the article was, the weary world rejoices. Weary people rejoicing. That we have so much hurt, that we have so much pain, and the, the subtitle was, how do we rejoice in the midst of grief? It blows me away that from a human level we can do that. That's the freedom that Jesus Christ has given. So for this reason, this season, we should be leaping for joy because we have true inner peace. The one thing that everyone else in this world is seeking, we now have it through Jesus Christ. So we have been made right with God. That's like the definition of peace, isn't it? The real definition of peace is that we have been made right with God. That's what Christmas is all about. Broken, lost people have been made right with God. You see how joy and happiness are not the same? John the Baptist leapt for joy about this, and through the Holy Spirit, he understood in his unborn spirit that he was entering a world of brokenness, that he was entering a world of sin. And the Holy Spirit prophesied through him before he was even born that humanity will now have a reason to be joyful, right? The musicians are going to come back up. The band's going to come back up. And we're going to take communion tonight. Because I truly believe that the number one reason for Christmas is not the birth of Jesus, right? That's why I love this picture. I've said it before. It's the star that was over the manger, right? But what's that star shaped like? It's shaped like a cross. Because the real reason we celebrate Christmas is because the Savior came to set us free. So whatever reasons you have, to be in grief tonight, whatever reasons you have to celebrate tonight, we all have the same reason to be joyful. We all have the same reason to be at peace, and we all have the same reason to celebrate. And so as we sing together, as we worship, we are going to celebrate that our Savior was born. That's something to celebrate, amen? Amen. They're going to pass it to you at your seats. And we really, my prayer is that you would enter in and this would send you into a time of not just tonight, but tomorrow as you're opening presents, tomorrow as you're doing all that stuff, that this would constantly be in the back of your mind, is that all of that stuff will lead you to be joyful because you have a Savior. Let's pray. God, thank you that you offer true joy and true peace that all of that can be had, whatever our circumstances tonight. Lord, I pray that you would meet every person in this room where they are, in their circumstance, and hold them tight, 
and let them know that they do, no matter what, have a reason to celebrate because they are loved by the King of the universe enough that Jesus, you came out of heaven, Emmanuel, God with us, to give us freedom, to give us peace, to be our savior, to save us forever. In Jesus' name we pray.
second look. He was looked down on and passed over, a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that had did this to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins, he took the punishment, and that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all our sins, everything we've done, on him. On him. He was beaten. He was tortured. But he didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered, and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried, and he was let off. Did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare, beaten bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked, even though he never hurt his soul or said one word that wasn't true. Still, it's what God had in mind all along, to crush him with pain. The plan was that he give himself as an offering for sin, so that he'd see life come from it, life, life, and more life. God's plan will deeply prosper through him. He took on his shoulders all the sin of many. He took up the cause of all the black sheep. The spirit of God the master is on me because God anointed me. He sent me to preach good news to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, announce freedom to all captives, pardon all prisoners. God sent me to announce the year of his grace, a celebration of God's destruction of our enemies, and to comfort all who mourn, to care for all the needs of all who mourn in Zion, give them bouquets of roses instead of ashes, messages of joy instead of news of doom. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. I will sing for joy in God, explode in praise from deep in my soul, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. Why don't you stand and sing with us?
Christians hinges at Christmas time. Because if Jesus didn't come to earth, then we are still in our sins. And so again, I, we, you don't think this is a Christmas song, but it is. It's actually more of a Christmas song than most of the Christmas songs we sing. Because now we get to take what happened at Christmas time and proclaim it. Right? We don't just gather here as a group of people to keep our own little holy huddle inside the walls of this church. We gather here to give glory to God Almighty and to be refreshed and to say, this is what I believe. This is what I believe and my life is going to match up with that. And an unbelieving world will be baffled that we have joy in the midst of every single situation that comes our way. So let's sing this out with loud voices proclaiming what we believe because Jesus was born. Merry Christmas, church. Thank you.